Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Right, no more nasty things about your teammates now. We're, we're, we're recording. <laughs> Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously, here for the first of two podcasts this week because we have got not just incredible domestic rugby to talk about but internationals as well, the autumn series has begun. Uh, We're in the Rugby Dungeon, Uh, I'm Tim, that's JB. Hello Tim. Uh, And that's Phil. Happy Halloween, Tim. Oh, of course, it's Halloween, isn't it? What a setup JB's got out the front of his house. Carving pumpkins today, JB? I did one, yeah. I was disappointed because the pumpkins arrived and they've sat on the side in the kitchen since Thursday. No one's bothered carving them. And then five minutes before the girls are uh, are about to go trick-or-treating, it's like, oh, you're going to carve the pumpkins? I'm like, well, well, with what? Like, scalpels or their markers so I can mark them up? they've, They've been here since Thursday. And no one's done anything with them. So I quickly did one, and the rest of them have gone out with stickers on their face. <laughs> oh, so it was the only one that's carved yours? Yeah. That the, one that, the one that with the, like spewing... Spewing its internals, Spewing yeah. internal. yeah. yeah it's, I've I've seen, seen, it's very impressive. Is that um, a self-portrait? I've seen you in that position a few times. Yes. Uh, it could have well have been, actually, <laughs> from earlier on in the week. <laughs> I was never into Halloween as a kid. Um, I think mainly because I lived in an area where... you Mormon, were, uh, <laughs> uh, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I lived in an area where... Basically, I'd sort of scare old ladies if me and my mates used to knock on their door, whereas everyone around here actually gets into it. Mm. Yeah, it's really nice, actually, because you get to meet you know, all of the neighbours and they bring their kids around. It's actually, I think... Have a little look in their house. Exactly. Oh, nice. Someone's doing all right for themselves, aren't they? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is nice, you know, because you don't get to see your neighbours enough. And people knock Halloween. I think it's actually one of the nice ones, because they actually come over your house and you can give them some sweets and whatnot. I, and also, when the kids are younger, like mine are, mine are old enough now that they don't want us to go with them, but when they used when we used to, when we used to go along, what we used to do is take... Um, in fact, it got to the point where one of our friends took a cart with drinks, and the adults would have drinks uh, on the way around while the kids were getting sweets. It was good. Nice. That, that is nice. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, it wasn't really a thing when I was growing up, but I'm, I'm, I'm quite accepting of it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Definitely. Uh, now, uh, which uh, way do you want to go on this podcast? We've got a fork in the road right here. We've got two directions we can go down. There's a, a big, shiny, wonderful bright lights of uh, the Autumn International. Couldn't care less. <laughs> Couldn't care less. Let's talk about local rugby. <laughs> All right, first podcast. Okay, so we'll have two podcasts anyway, so you know, click on the other one if you're desperate to hear hey, about the Internationals first. Yeah, you come for England, but you stay for the Broughton Park Manchester chat. Oh, JB and I played on a on the field together. We rekindled uh, the magic that, that, that we've seen many times in the past. Did you play at, was it at Manchester? At Manchester. At Manchester. Mm, so nice place Broughton to play Park. rugby. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. a lovely club, Manchester. Yeah. Um, 
There were three Broughton Park teams, the threes, which kicked off at two. The, the twos were, were there, Broughton Park twos, and also the first team were there. So all three teams in action. We got to kick off at, at two o'clock, which means we got to watch the first team as well. Awesome. Which is brilliant. I think more teams should do that. I think they more should... Because we had a situation at Talk H a few weeks ago. The reason I was there is because Talk H were, were not playing. But we had a situation at Talk H where the first team finished uh, an hour before the third team. So we just got our beers and dragged them all outside in our underwear and our towels from the shower. <laughs> and we watched the third team and it's absolutely brilliant. More, Yeah, de- mm. definitely more stag- staggered kickoffs. I, I agree with that. I yeah. really do. Also, um, JB sort of said, oh, I really want a game today. Do you reckon you need any bodies? I went, oh, yeah, just come along. But I didn't tell anyone... I said, I, all I said to the skipper is, I've got another player coming along. I didn't <laughs> <Yeah>. say who. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin that surprise. And, and it was a surprise. And as he, it was. And as, as he was running over, people went, is that JB? <laughs> is that Beardmore? <laughs> yeah, that's the player I'm bringing yeah, along. It was a big day for some of those boys. <laughs> big day. When, when did you last play for BP? I played every year since I've left. Because you played... We played we in the played, We played yeah, in the Vets together. we all together. played Vets. And last year I played... A couple of times. Definitely a second team. Maybe I didn't because of COVID. No, I'm sure I did. Definitely in Vets. Definitely in the second team for them. Not been obviously first since I've left the club, but yeah, I'm always round and round, round there uh, thereabouts, and I'll always watch if there's nothing on in Talk H. Well, I I went to watch uh, a bit of local rugby this weekend. Me and uh, Rob Largan. Yep, MP Rob Largan. Rob Largan. Rob, M- MP. Uh, he was invited by Rob, the president of Glossop Rugby Club, which is a local club, to the pre-match dinner. Who was more famous, there, you or? Uh, <laughs> in rugby circles, it's probably, it's probably, it's probably fair, isn't it? That's why I asked you to go, <laughs> isn't it? With some votes, um, it was a really good game. Penrith versus Glossop. Um, first time Glossop have ever played Penrith, so I'm told, mm-hmm. and they won handily in the end. It was a massive comeback in the second half from Glossop. Yeah, so Glossop are always a pretty physical team. I've played them a few te- a few times when I was at Broughton Park. So if you don't know your Northwest One rugby, yeah, Northwest One. Glossop, Penrith, Broughton Park, Manchester, all in the same league. So all this stuff matters. Uh, played Pen- Pen- Penrith a few times. I've never won up there. Beat them down mm, at Broughton Park. Tough place to go. I don't think they've lost, ever lost to Glossop. But I, they're always I, physical I like that pitch up on the hill. Up on the... It's bloody cold up it's there. It's cold up there. <laughs> it's bloody cold. If you catch it on the wrong night. Yeah. But, so, yeah we, so we did a bit... And I, and I just echo it again, what we say many times, but... If you're at a loose end and you just want somewhere to watch the internationals, even yeah, get down to your yeah, local yeah, rugby yeah. club. It's I've got great to say crack. that Broughton Park Manchester game. That I think there's a sort of sweet spot in rugby where you see proper rugby. It was proper structured. It was great to watch. I thought some of the stuff Manchester played was superb, and I thought the Broughton Park set piece was absolutely superb. So it was a nice juxtaposition. So well organised, but it doesn't have that grindingness of say the premiership or the championship so it's fairly open and, and you can just stroll in stroll in yeah, have yeah. a few beers it's bloody good to watch and really you, good to watch you can normally get a pint for somewhere between three and four quid in yeah places so get to get to your local rugby club and you know I've, I, I can't just end without saying um jb and i did combine for a magical a moment try. i mean on the other podcast we'll talk about several reese's try ours the try, the try we combined for was comparable it was actually it was very similar do you want me to briefly describe it yeah yes please absolutely. and then kick, describe it in more detail later kick off um i uh, i caught the ball just inside the 22 yeah i i shaped to kick but dummied the kick stepped the guy that was coming to tackle me nice fed fed to a player who made a little break I took the ball back inside. JB was on, right on my shoulder. I cut a little, um, what's, uh, what's, 
into our overs. And, yeah, and into like, our into our overs. JB hit a real hard unders line. Standard. Nice. And just, we've all seen that before. And just uh and so as I was drifting them to the right, JB just jammed to the left. I, I lifted and he absolutely exploded from about thirty five out. About that. And then I tried to swan dive in, it was bad. Yeah, and, and <laughs> <laughs> he did. He tried to swan dive and basically I look I looked up the field about th- a good thirty seconds later and the referee was still trying to flatten yeah, the divot. It wasn't good. <laughs> so I just slide in on this wet pitch, it wasn't that wet. Do you know when the, the footballs do the Klinsman and they just stop dead? Yeah. It was, was gonna be like that, but I saved it, thank God. <laughs> you saved it. You yeah. look good. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully get well soon to two Manchester players that got injured. We had two bad injuries. I am sure the lower level of rugby that you play, not the lower down the leagues, so low, low level, twos, threes, so on and so forth, the injuries get worse. I am mm. absolutely certain of it because just people, there's just more accidental collisions and awkward knocks and... People aren't as well conditioned as well. Yeah. Reflexes aren't sharp. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas in the first team game, far, far more collisions, far bigger collisions, but from what I could tell, thankfully, no no big injuries. We had two two real nasty ones. Mm. So Get well soon. Those guys. Yes, get, get well soon, guys. So, so yeah, uh, domestic rugby wise. Firstly, um, let before we get into the games. Uh, no, actually, no, no, no. Let's start the same way we started last week, but a reversal because we gave Worcester an absolute roasting last week. <sighs> Didn't we just? So there and, could and be rightly so. Last right, well, week. yeah, rightly so last week. And there could be a few things going on at Worcester. You know, there could be <laughs> there could be some reasons why players need, feel they need to pull up pull up their socks <laughs> because I think things will change on there <laughs> dramatically. Well, let's uh, well let's just address that because that that was the other place I was potentially going to start. There are rumours of uh, a diamond return mm. to the Premiership linked with Bath. Yep, linked with Worcester. Mm. on a short term, potentially on a longer term. I know that at one point he was looking to purchase a premiership club with a consortium, Yeah, but he also would be a, a good interim or new director of rugby. Well. Or consultant. Or Something's going, something's going wrong at Worcester. I mean, they've, actually, let's, before we say like, what's gone wrong at Worcester, let's address what they did, did this weekend. Because it is one hell of an effort to pick yourself up off the canvas like, like they did. They had two games back to back where they looked awful, absolutely, absolutely dreadful. Northampton won, and then oh, was it North, uh, Northampton last week? Northampton was last week. What was the one before that? Was Surely? it Saracens? I, I can't mean, any, anyone. But, can, I think it was a sixty-point loss against Saracens. And pretty, yeah, it, it, it was devastating. So you've got to give them all the credit in the world for actually picking it up and doing something good. On the other hand, though, Sale were, did some unacceptable things. And this is really... I'm starting to get worried for Sale now. I am. That We both picked them as Premiership champions this year. Yep. They're in I, 11th. Top yeah. of the table. With two. I, they're in 11th. And I said they wouldn't make top four. Which, they still can make top four, but it's getting harder. It's getting We're much harder. Losing games like that away at Worcester, yeah. which most, most teams will pick up four or five points from that game. Yeah, and that's literally, literally the attitude of some of the players, which is... You lose games like that, and that is your top four gone. You need yeah, to win yeah. those games. Yeah. So it's very worrying, and we'll come back to sale later because I've got some. I've got lots of thoughts on that. For Worcester, though, it's a brilliant win. Some of their rugby was outstanding. Some of their strike moves were really, really sharp. And the the, the two players. So I've only seen the highlights. I've not seen the full game. But the two players who really stood out were Shilcock. Shilcock, yeah, hundred percent amazing. Scored two tries and set up at least one of Vandermeer's, and obviously Vandermeer. You give him, well, give him an inch and he will finish tries for fun. He's so fast and so powerful. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, Shilcock's one of those players that has struggled for form for a couple of years, I'd say. I know this because we used to pick him up on fantasy rugby draft, and he was always good. He was always good value, but since then he's just kind of gone into gone into a shell a bit. Well, I thought, yeah, I um, I, I actually agree with you. Very, very good. Those and and having their t- their two England boys, although they're not in the squad at the moment, so having Lawrence available, combining nicely with Venter in the centres, but also getting Hill back from his suspension. Yeah, for the for that red card offence. Venter played very very well. He's an absolute weapon. Venter played well. Hill is so important as a leader. But and they, he's such a such a big strong boy and works so hard. But they completely outplayed Sale. They completely outplayed them. Uh, out wide, Sale made some horrendous tackling well, mistakes. That's what it looked like. So I, I noticed that um, Byron McGuigan, who I complimented very highly a few weeks ago when Sale played against uh, Quinns, when Sale shut down Quinns. Um, his reading of the game out wide was awesome and in this game obviously Solomon played for the first 30 minutes or yep. so then Reed came on Yard on the other wing and, but Worcester just seemed like they were finding so much space out there yeah and the problem is with that Byron gives them real good solid defensive stability yep. so he reads game if you look at the players he's playing against this season and there's some great names and they didn't do much Yard, Solomona, Reed, they're all flair players. They're guys that are, that, that are exciting. So you get two of those on either wing, and yeah, you do tend to get a little bit more suspect defence. Mm. And it's a price price that you pay. Simon, uh, Sanderson's trying to rotate this team. Not only he's trying to rotate the team, he's also plugging in players now as replacements for internationals. And obviously, AJ was on the bench, but he'll be off to USA duty or whatever he's up to. Um, so they're trying to go down the squad as far as they can. The, the squad isn't yet strong enough in my opinion uh, I thought Gus Ward did okay I, yeah. I'm pretty sure at this point I mean what do, what do you say say about Rob Dupree he is a good fly half but maybe not AJ and I don't think he's probably as effective as uh, Wilkinson at, mm. at this point we shouldn't uh, you're right they're into the third or fourth choice in, in several positions partly by uh, because they don't have any other option, and in some cases in recent weeks, it's looked like that it's by design, which I find baffling. Baffling. Yeah, agreed. And, and yeah, and the point is, they chose to do this, right? So uh, there's there, there is two portions of blame here. There's blame for the players that were on the field who made the terrible defensive reads. You might also say that there's a bit of blame for, on the rotational policy. You know, uh, so someone like Baron McGuigan was fully fit. He could he could have played. Mm. He didn't play. You know, and where did they lo- where, where did they concede tries? So there is blame on both sides. Uh, you could also counter that with saying if Sale are serious about being a top four side, they need to be winning games like that down do, the league with do stronger, you re- no, sorry, lesser sides. If it was uh, again, we've got Premiership Cup coming up, so there are rest. There are is an opportunity to rest players, which yeah. is why would you regard that as hubris in some respect? Almost. To I understand it might be part of a bigger plan. But it, it just seems unnecessary. Just it just seems yeah. unnecessary. And, we, and the thing we say about the Premiership, and we, you know, we and we gave Worcester a hard time last week, rightly so, as you as you pointed out. But the one thing you can say about the Premiership is any team is capable of beating any other team. So if you Completely have agree. great players available, and you decide not to because you play because you're playing Worcester or because there's some other bigger plan going on, then that 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 sort of hub- that's hubris and that's going to bite you in the backside. Yeah, I think there's a. An irony going on in the Premiership, which was when all the big clubs decided, right, we need to cut player salaries right now in COVID by 25%. They're going to get cut. We're going to reduce the salary cap also by 25%. 
the bigger clubs made a rod for their own back because all of a sudden everybody can fill their salary cap now. Uh, I'm not sure if Worcester are spending to the salary cap, but they've got some big they have got some got some big names. It is competitive from the top right to the bottom, and I think you can see the teams that used to be able to compete with uh, you know a team deep within their squad like Exeter are struggling because they can't rotate as much. Sale are now struggling because they can't rotate as much. Everyone is now really, really good. Uh, and when you do, do see massive losses, it's not because it's a bad team, necessarily. Worcester, in some cases, you might make that argument, certainly not, certainly not this week. It's because the styles don't match up. Mm-hmm. That That is why teams are getting absolutely pounded, because the styles or the coaching decisions ha- haven't been the right ones. So yeah, you, you can't go deep into, your, deep into your squad in the Premiership. You need basically your strongest team every every single game. You need to be as close to, and it is only yeah. the best teams who can go deep into yeah. their squad. Particularly on international weekends, particularly when yeah. you've lost yeah. uh, your international players. You need to pick your you know, your strongest squad then. Uh, Alan Gibbon uh, said, uh, he'll, be, he'll have been loving this chat, clearly a Worcester fan. Yeah, and he's emailed us, contacteggchasers at gmail.com, said, JB, those Worcester boys look pretty happy for Van der Merwe. Where did you get the info that, quote, cheap players were unhappy? I didn't, I never said that. I said I'd be I'd be unhappy yeah. if um, <laughs> yes. if I wasn't getting paid much. Yes, and uh, the guy outside me was on four hundred k. And then he said, "Chin up, long way to go for sale to make the playoffs." Uh, regardless, every club needs a JB. Well, that's interesting because where would they get them from? They're fairly unique. It's not like they grow on trees. <laughs> You're quite right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, there was a couple. Let's talk about some of the really spicy games this weekend. In fact, let's talk about the game we saw today. Oh, oh what a, a great game! game. So, well, it was a stuttering start. I felt the first yeah. half, with the exception of the tries, Quinn Saracens. If you're, yeah. if you're not not familiar with what we're talking about, first half with the exception of the tries was a bit stop start. Um, but what a finish! And Saracens just look so so ominous when they're in that position. Almost, so they, they have. They had a weaker sh- squad than normal. Um, they lose a lot of players to England, obviously. Um, and they're quite deep into some positions, but they still look very good. And Quinns were impressive, um, particularly because they lose their two, arguably their two most important yeah. players, or, or three if you count uh, Marchant in there as well. But they, they lose Smith and... Um, Don Brandt, who are their who are their two most important players, with the Along exception with of Esther Care Hazen. and Estazen. Yeah, I, yeah, Estazen. But then they lose Tommaso Allen, who took a knock first. The, I think it was the first play of the game. Takes another knock twenty minutes later. Still manages to. And Edwards, like, come on. But half concussed, still manages to chuck a couple of absolute worldies, cr- worldies of passes. That pass for the Cade oh. Lorde for the Cade wow. Murley. Thank God Murley finished off. By the way. Yeah, if not, three men inside him. Uh, yeah, I terminate his contract there. I'd pull him off the field and terminate his contract. <laughs> rip it up in front of him as he walked off. Oh, that pass! Yeah, that was beautiful. But yeah, for them to have that level of disruption, but um, still play as well as they did for large parts of the game, but they just got suffocated by that Saracens team, didn't they? Yeah, I thought the weird thing about this game was the um, how 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 Harlequins took it to Saracens physically in the first ten minutes. So that's his odd try. The, mm. the Harlequins are running over Saracens for fun. 
Well, um, Esther Hazen runs over Billy Vanapola. Yeah, yes, he does. Billy goes oh, too high. Yes, big statement play. That. I mean, yeah. he's got. He's in South Africa or in England. How are they not? How <laughs> do they not need Andre Esther Hazen? Di- Diolande. Yeah, I know, yeah. but still. I mean, there's world class and there's world class, isn't there? I mean, if, if Todd Blackadder watched every one of Bath's games on DVD from the last four years before he joined <laughs> Bath, I'm sure Razzy Erasmus has watched a game. Oh, wait, that's got to be a lie, that story. That has to be a lie. From what I understand, that just can't be a thing that From happens. what I've seen, yeah. Yeah, Tomas Simolan did a wonderful job at filling in for... His opposite number did a better job at filling in for Owen Farrell, though. Well, yes. And it's the second game of the season that Alex Lozowski has had an enormous part to play and I think it was in the Bristol game Bristol game yeah he was massively influential in that and, yeah. and got the winning moment yeah I just love these um, these times when you know you've got a guy playing well so we know Thomas Allen is Thomas So Allen whatever his name is is a good player because we've seen him he started at the start of the season um, yeah we know he's good we know he's a really good fill in for Smith I love it when you see someone else walk on. Who was that? Was it Evans? Ed, Edwards. Ed, Ed, Will, Will Edwards? Will Edwards. Will Edwards comes on smiling, can't believe his luck. I mean, obviously he's Mexican <laughs> cast, but he's like, yeah, who cares? Let's go for it. Uh, and he, you know, he played so well. You know, he wasn't far off from leading his team to a win over the course of 60 minutes. I love those stories. I absolutely mm. love them. Yeah, he did play really well. But unfortunately, Saracens had a bit more off the bench, a bit more all round. And then it was uh, Lewington to Jackson oh, Ray making up for some absolute shockers earlier in the game Lewington I thought he had a terrible game he did didn't he but the butchering a five on one. Oh god he, yeah but he butchered two tries because early on uh, I think it was a scrum or a line out where Maitland loops around the corner he's far he's like in front of Maitland as he comes oh. round so he has to take the pass almost turning back to his own try line yeah he's in isn't he if he's behind Maitland he takes out speed there is no one near him it, it, he butchered that. He butchered the the two on one, three on one, four on one, whatever it was. But then he basically wins the game by that uh, break and pass to Jackson Ray. So all is forgiven. Yeah. I I, I also want to just say um, I, I want to say well done to my BT Sport colleagues for roasting Ugo appropriate to an appropriate level. I oh, I, didn't I see I, that. I missed it. Oh, that just, the, there was just the, plenty uh, of little. There's plenty of little digs in commentary okay. on the uh, just because it was his first commentary game back proper. Haters gonna hate. Well, it was just it was just good. <laughs> and Harlequins as well. It was good. It was, just, it was good banter. I also um, the one reason I really like the Saracens red kit is because mm. it makes Vincent Cock look even more like Mister Incredible. He does look like Mister Incredible. Yeah. Very much so. Although, um, friend of the pod, Lou Pool pointed out the shorts were a slightly different shade of the red to the shirt, which. Yeah. I hadn't noticed until he pointed it out. No, and then you once can't you've seen it, it yeah. yeah, you notice it every time. Yeah. I didn't notice that, even mm. after it was pointed out. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't remember, and I didn't remember seeing that earlier in the season. So I think maybe it's just they put some Washing. put the shorts on a hot wash. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Quite possible. Uh, let's just talk about Saracens' de- debut players. I say debut, certainly debut in the Premiership. Uh, they brought on Ethan Lewis uh, later on, but that's not a story. I like the look of this Theo McFarland. The second row. A, Sarah, a young Saracen's second row coming yep. out of the blue. They, they, they just... Just dual international. Just pick up this dual international here. Plays a bit of uh, basketball. Although, the commentary team is making it out like, we've literally pulled this uh, kid off a court. We're going to see if he's any good. You know, <laughs> run out of Saracen's. Which wasn't quite what happened. I mean, he is an international for... Is it Tonga? Samoa. Samoa. There, so, Saracen's produce second rows like they're going out of fashion. 
and in the way that Wales produce sevens, like they're yeah. going out of fashion. Are there any other teams that, or, or are there any other teams that have such a prolific record in one particular position? I would say back in the day, no, not anymore. Well, Leicester, Ge- well, Georgia and props, obviously. Well, Le- Leicester, Leicester Tigers and second rows were pretty good at it for a little while. They had the Deacons at the same time. They had Martin Johnson and they had Ben Kay, who all came through the Leicester system. Corey, yep, and, mm. and maybe even Hamilton. Maybe Hamilton's a tiny bit later, but he definitely played. Mm. In fact, no, he did play with those, yeah. with those boys. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So yeah, he had an awful lot of lads come come through there at second row. But that's when you could just spend whatever you wanted and steal everyone else's kids. <laughs> uh, maybe it's wasps and hookers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Although they dig, they, they dig into the championship for a few of them, so it's not like they're yeah, producing them themselves. But they find they them. Produ- but they also produce like Ogre and Barbary. Yep. At the moment, is is all great a Wasps Academy lad? Yes, he was. Are you sure? Uh, no, how would he become a Wasps Academy? Because he was a Millfield school lad, and they usually end up in Bath, which is why he, he got in trouble. I, I think you can be recruited not just because of your school, but because, because of where of, you live, or something. Because of your address, or so where you live. Is this like um, quite a lot of Millfield get recruited to Millfield, don't they? Uh, like yes, that's right. So is this a little bit like in? Friday Night Lights when they um, make, when they check the addresses of, of all the kids to make sure that they're oh and one of them is an empty uh, yeah, a, what, an empty bit of land yeah that's, so that's what we're saying happens at to, to, to Tolbury <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a P.O. box have you ever somewhere. watched Friday Night Lights Phil? I've never watched it no. so good it is good but you'll have to invest a lot of time in it over the eight seasons that it was on yeah you do and given I, I mean, normally watch about 20 minutes of TV a week it's, I'm good It'll take a while. It's a bit like, in the same way that Entourage, I, I think I enjoyed that more when I was younger than I would if I mm. watched it fresh now. <laughs> oh, I loved Entourage. <laughs> Watching it when you're kind of in your mid-20s yeah. or whatever it was. It was Entourage amazing. was like Sex, sex and the City for the men. Yeah. 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 So that's what I say. I say <laughs> sex and City, Entourage is Sex and City for blokes. And I'll go on further. WWE is musicals for blokes. <laughs> <laughs> They don't understand why, why why we like it. We don't understand why why they why they like musicals. It's the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. But Friday Night Lights is brilliant. And the one character when I was younger, when I first watched it, you know the one, the one character that you, you that's just a legend in that. I've always wanted to be Ari Gold, but still. Uh, no, no, no. In not in, in Entourage. Friday in Friday Night, Night Lights. Oh, Friday Night Lights. Who is it? Who is the legend in that? Tim Riggins. Oh, Tim Riggins. <laughs> ah, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Tim like, Riggins. Wait. So he's. Uh, so basically, he's. So he's in the in the first year of. Like the high school, so he's like he's, he's when the show starts, he's meant to be seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. He's he's just cleaning up with any woman he wants. Yeah, and he's having a beer first thing in the morning before he goes to school. But driving his pickup truck to school, yeah. and then he's and then he's dominating on a on a Friday night. Yeah, awesome. but he's got a suspiciously low alcohol tolerance. So he <laughs> so for someone who wakes up in the morning with a single can of beer, he gets absolutely wasted on a on a six pack of a three thirty three thirty mil cause light. So you yeah, suggest right. wasted? He just, he just has one in the morning. Yeah, and just, I'd love to, just to freshen him up. And I'd lo- yeah, I'd love to know how the household economics work there because pickup trucks are not cheap to mm. run. And he lives with his brother, who is what is his brother? Might be a mechanic actually. Maybe. Billy, Billy the mechanic that yeah. rings a bell. Yeah, the other one which gets me on American shows is. When they go drinking at rail yards, I'd love to find a rail yard that I could go like go drinking at. Yeah, just pull up the car, get absolutely shit faced, and then uh, you know the one that gets me on American shows is watch all, freight cars come in. Always makes me annoyed is like the incredible spread of breakfast that is on in the morning when the family is sitting around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kids, like kids, seventeen, uh, comes down the stairs, 
there's 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 pancakes, there's scrambled eggs, there's a big jug streaky of orange bacon, juice, streaky fresh bacon, fruit. and what happens? Just one slice of toast has little, a bite, little gone. corner bite, <laughs> the tiniest little corner bite, and out the door. Yeah, <sighs> so irritating. <laughs> what a waste. Yeah. AJ McGinty's life up. <laughs> that's how he grew up. Yes. And oh, even though, yeah. he, well, he that's one small sliver of positivity for sale. By the way, just looping back to that is AJ McGinty um, returning to the match day twenty three. Yeah, but he'll it, sort things out. But back to um, uh, back to Saracens. Um, yeah, that youngster. That's what. That's where we got started on. I don't, don't know how we got onto that. But uh, so, I mean, amazingly, Saracens. I did not think they'd be good this year. I can't see how he can have a year off professional rugby and be this good. They are, and they are we're, so good. We're wrong. Yeah, we're wrong. You and yeah, I, well, yeah. Phil was right. <laughs> you and I were I wrong. I just don't get it. I still don't get it. And they're one very close loss away from being undefeated. If it wasn't for mm. Tigers. Yeah, which, That's a good point. which arguably they should have won. <laughs> they are literally, well, they look like favourites for the league as things stand. And they're, they're missing quite a few players, albeit having a brace of Vunapolas. Or um, a hat trick of Vunapolas because Vunapolas was on the bench. Manu came on the bench, but uh, a brace of angry Vunapolas. Yes, who wants Billy to prove a point? I mean, I don't know how England think they're going to go without Billy to the next World Cup. He just is is different level to everyone else. Yeah. Why? I mean, are they changing? His he team hasn't over? been playing well though, has he? He hasn't. The, the sort of hunger that he's got at the minute, and the bit between his teeth, and where he he actually he's running with a kind of anger. That, it's an interesting that, question that, that makes him he hasn't he hasn't appeared well, to have that to that degree when's the last time we saw so may, maybe Eddie's absolutely right maybe Six Nations yeah Six Nations I would say that's the Billy that we saw just not quite there yeah since he's come back to the Premiership though it's like yeah which is game time which correlates with him missing out on yeah. the yeah so maybe Eddie maybe Eddie knows things maybe. Yeah. maybe maybe we'll touch on Eddie knowing things in the international pod yes correct hmm uh, but this would probably say um, a good point to segue across to uh, the Leicester game Leicester Saints the, the East oh. Midlands derby because George Ford is another player who was who again you're looking at the way he's playing going how how can any international team not want him in their squad yeah, yeah. so I had to watch this again I watched the first 10 minutes of it and I couldn't quite concentrate I thought no this is not a game that you watch when you're not concentrating you need to put it down come back and watch it in it's full glory later on I'm glad I did uh, exceptional performance and it goes back to what I said at the start of the podcast, which is when teams hammer other teams now, it's not because they're bad teams. Northampton are not a bad team. Not even close to being a bad team. They're, they're excellent. And Leicester Tigers absolutely pumped them. They absolutely pumped them. And I was watching this late in the game. I was thinking, was, is there anywhere, is there any facet of the game on this day, not in general, but on this day, that where Northampton got the better over Leicester? There was one scrum at the start. Yeah, maybe one, but overall in the but scrum, overall, no. no. Overall in the line-out, no. Breakdown, no. Breakdown, no. Tactical well, kicking, no. Out wide, no. no. Well, let's talk about Steve Borthwick, just for a second, right? Because two coaches at the moment are really bothering me, and another coach is really impressing me. So you know the coach which is impressing me, Steve Borthwick. Borthwick. And the two coaches which are really bothering me are Rob Baxter at, Ex- Rob Baxter, Rob Baxter at Exeter and Alex Sanderson at Sale. Who mm. are obviously two high performers. The other coach who I'm massively into at the moment is Skivington. I think Skivington's uh, doing doing a great job. The reason it bothers me is because, as I've said over and over and over again against 
uh, about Borthwick, and people still say say in the press that he doesn't give a lot away. He gives everything away. He gives absolutely everything away. He tell he's he has told me. He's told me to my face. Uh, well, over Zoom, um, <laughs> I, we work on breakdown, defence, and set piece. That's what he's. I, I don't know why. And people... I've said before. I think what they mean. Yeah. I think what they mean is, and because I've okay, so I've been in a position where I'm about to uh, interview Steve Borthwick before a game or after a game. He's there with his media guy. Yeah. Uh, and the media guy's got a load of prepared stuff, which they've obviously worked on in yeah. the week. Here's our, here's our messages. Here's what we're saying. Here's what we're thinking. Here's the bigger picture. Uh, I, I, the media guy might just remind him. We've got, fi- for example, I think in one game, I'm sure the media guy probably said to him, because both he was talking through this stuff and then both mentioned it, we've got um, eight academy graduates in our starting 23 today or nine or whatever it was yeah. um there's so th- my point being is borthwick tells you yeah he told he gives you lots of detail and he tells you everything but he tells you what he wants to tell you i, I, I and i'm not criticizing yeah. that i'm I mean, just saying i think that maybe I, that, uh, some people might come away thinking he hasn't really addressed what i was talking about there but he's absolutely got across what he wants to get across as, as is his right and as he should i just think that i know exactly what i expect from the tigers because the coach has told me now the problem with Particularly last week when Exeter lost, Rob Baxter said that they mentally weren't ready for it. And I hear um, things like this from Alex Anderson when, when Sale lose. Uh, I'll give you an example, a quote from the La Rochelle game, which was, we weren't emotionally ready for it, or emotionally we handled it wrong. Now, I'm not being funny, no amount of tears or laughter are going to be able to move Will Skelton. It's just not a thing which is a, a solution. And I would get really worried when coaches use psychology or men- I mean, when they're saying we weren't mentally ready for it what they're actually saying is I've got this solution you just didn't work hard enough on that solution give me more of that solution whereas when I listen to what Steve Borthwick says it's a, it's a rugby solution to rugby problems that's, that's how he approaches things and I think that's a far better way to do it mm, well, I can have both and I think actually both Baxter and Sanderson have both in abundance uh, I know what you're saying but I, and there's a lot of tactics in, in the Leicester performance there's a lot of exceptional uh, execution of things that they've worked on in training, but fundamentally, what's led Leicester to eight wins from eight? Is it eight wins from eight now? Uh, seven, seven wins seven from seven. seven. Eight from eight. What's led Leicester to Either. Leicester to a hundred percent record this season? Yeah, however, seven. many wins seven is from seven, seven. Uh, is absolute brutality. Yeah, that is that is the basis, and I think that's what Rob Baxter was saying last week: is that they weren't. Nasty. Leicester are horrible. They are horrible. They are horrible. But I love it. They can invest all of that. They're very lucky as well because they've got George Ford, right? So largely, and if a coach's ego doesn't get in the way, you can do this. You can say, well, go and do the attack, please. And that does work because talented players in the same team will score tries. Look at the Barbarians. You only need to put talented players you know, in the same shirt and they'll score tries, but they won't defend well. Now, ironically, uh, defence is where coaches find it easiest to influence a team yeah it's one of the things which teams don't do that naturally because they need to trust each other and so so forth so by spending his time doing what he's doing it's becoming enormously enormously successful and he can hand over the attack to George Ford and it's that easy it's not that easy actually but it's actually really hard but that's what they've done I'm really interested interested to hear what Phil says I'm just going to make one observation difference between Leicester Steve Borthwick's overhauled that squad fantastically his recruitment has been Mm. exceptional Um, Mm. But when you look at just comparing and contrasting Leicester and Exeter at the minute, when Exeter are without Johnny Gray, uh, Vermeulen, Kirsten, Ewers, yeah. uh, Simmons, Luke and Dickey, Cowan Dickey, 
the guys that are coming in Johnny Hill jo- yeah Johnny Hill as well I mean god that's a oh, wow yeah uh, uh, some of the guys that are coming in are are great uh, some of them are not are, are is a big drop off I think what's been really impressive with Leicester is they've actually shed big names like Lavanini yeah and thank god Harry Wells and guys like that have just yeah become indispensable I, yeah. I think they know what I mean Harry Wells is a good example isn't he because he's the sort of player that I think Exeter would have I yeah. can't really yeah. see um, like Lavanini um, to, be, to be honest I couldn't see someone like uh, what's his name massive, uh, Nadolo being an Exeter player admittedly he was once he was at one point <laughs> yeah, admittedly he was once perhaps but like, I just the reason why he didn't make it yeah I just couldn't see that being a signing and also I didn't think he'd be a very good signing turns out he's bloody brilliant for them he's pretty handy if you just create him a little bit of space he has been a revelation in my mind we all knew he was good but I thought he came I honestly thought he came to Leicester's, uh, to Leicester for a retirement paycheck that's that's what I thought 33 years old or whatever he is he's coming Big to lad. he's coming to win the league well if they win the league <laughs> that he <laughs> isn't the story Richard Wigglesworth is the story oh Wigglesworth well I was actually looking at the the, le- the players that both Northampton and Leicester were losing I actually think, obviously, Ben Young's not playing for Leicester arguably makes them stronger because Wigglesworth was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> Van Portfleet scores the charge yeah. down and intercept, scores two tries in the last ten minutes. Yeah, and the other one as, as well, who might be the best in his position in the entire league, is, is Montoya. I love Montoya. He's quality. Now, saying he's the best in the league might be a stretch because there's some bloody good players in the, uh, the hooker LCD position. LCD and Creepy, Jamie George. LCD, yeah. George. Yeah. But he's up there. Like, yeah. you know, if you've got a, an elite five guys... You know, they'll all be slightly better at each other at different things, and they're all very good. But he is right in that mix. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things. Um, so, one is, uh, it's interesting because obviously we want more information from the coaches. We want exactly as you're saying, Jay. You, we want rugby solutions to rugby problems. If I was a coach, or if I was a say DOR or CEO, observing my head coach. I would not want him to give away what we're going to be doing in the press. Yeah. I would want him to be talking fluffy nonsense to distract people over here when we are focusing over here. In the same way that uh, the All Blacks have had people sweeping the changing rooms yeah, and carrying, carrying luggish, luggage off coaches for years thinking it's going to make them oh, better. The, the master of this is Alex Anderson. <clears throat> Absolutely. You try and ask him like what he's going to do rugby-wise. Yeah, not really that interesting. But he'll say about Brotherhood and walking up Snowden. Yeah. No, no problem. And the, pro- and the issue with it is the press love it. They can't get enough yeah, of it. Yeah. Uh, but so, he's, he's looking big shiny yeah. thing over here when actually we're going to focus on this. Yeah, it's about it's about <clears> love <throat> and Brotherhood and scribbling things down. Love and Brotherhood. This, this, yeah. It's great. Uh, I just want to hear about line-outs, breakdowns, scrums. That's what I want to hear. I would agree with everything you said on Leicester's um, Leicester's signings, um, and and probably more important than their signings have been their departures over the last yeah. few years. And you read the list, the twenty plus players that have left that club every season for the last. Yeah. Well, it's been before Borthwick, but before Borthwick, it was like not really planned out. Since Borthwick came in, it was pass yeah. or fail. You're in or you're out. You're out. You guys are in. Well, and getting the squad that he has got now, which the squad that, that they've got looks and, and you ace. Yeah, it does. And you mentioned Nandolo uh, a moment ago. He kind of does for Leicester the kind of job, uh, slightly different, obviously, a different position, but he kind of effe- he has the same effect that a fit Manu Tulangi always did. Yeah. However, he's yeah. actually fit. Yeah, he yeah, actually yeah, he plays. plays. He plays. Yeah, yeah, because he just sucks players in and creates space 
for others, and if there's not space for others, there's space for him, and he does what he does. Yeah, I, I do think Leicester are going to... Actually, they might not struggle that much, because it's Premiership Cup, isn't it? So they don't miss that many guys until... What, what, are they in the European Cup? They're in the senior one? Uh, I'm not sure. I'll need to check that. Yeah, presumably they made top seven, it would have been last yeah, year. Yeah, they're so. in the European Cup. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think they've got another round of Premiership games until after Europe. I think mm. I'll just have to check those fixtures, but certainly this is the end. Blo- the, this is the first of the, the, the one third of the way through, basically. It is. I, I I know the I know Premiership can't decide fixtures like this, but it is a bit of a shame that this season Queens Harlequins and I think also Leicester Northampton the reverse fixtures are going to be during the Six Nations. Yeah, mm. inside ro- what they call it? Ro- rugby inside line mm. made this point, and I thought it was a really good point. Maybe we should look at protected fixtures, and uh, you know, I don't know how you quite do that because, of course, one of the teams won't be playing. So you're gonna have to say, well, yeah. you, know, you don't have a protected fixture, or maybe you don't on a different weekend or what. I would, I wouldn't necessarily say protected fixtures, but to have two rounds of Leicester Northampton and yeah, both Quinn rounds. Saracens have both rounds yeah. without the stars when they are they are local derbies. They'll get the biggest turnout, and you want where you get the biggest turnout at the ground you want the best players playing exactly to lose it in both home and away just seems a bit ridiculous they know it's the protected game you could move it to I don't know you just move it two weeks later or three weeks later yeah they just swap it around but you can book out bigger stadiums and also I don't know if this is just me being wishful about the whole thing it seems that a lot of premiership grounds have started to fill fill up again I don't know what, what the attendances are but um, King's Home looked good, Northampton looked good, Harlequins was was a sellout. Um, so if you have the percent of fixtures, you know, I'm pretty sure that Northampton could have sold a few more tickets if they moved to, I don't know, wherever they can move to. The Rico. Where would they go to? <laughs> Where would Keen, Northampton go Keen's to? Ball? Uh, yeah, have they played some in the in the hockey stadium? Is that bigger? Uh, I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure either. But Leicester could always move it to, you know, where Leicester City play, or yeah, there, there are various King options. Power Stadium, former Walkers. Yeah. Uh, so, actually, just on that, who would the who would the games be then? The protected games. If you had, yeah, uh, Bath Gloucester, the, the ones that or Bath Bristol, Bath Bristol. I think I'd pick over no, Bath, I think Gloucester Bath Gloucester these Gloucester, days. I think. Mm, I'd probably go Bath Bristol. Bath Bristol. I'd be interested to hear what a Bath, Bath Gloucester as well. Bristol to be honest, fun. Bath Gloucester's mega. I mean, yeah. they're so close to each other, but so are Bath yeah. and Bristol. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Uh, Worcester? Uh, no. No, they, they have to say <laughs> no. Okay. Worcester uh, geographically would be Gloucester. Or possibly even Wasps now, but then neither it'll be, of those things be, are. Uh, well, yeah, and they've got beef over the academy, uh, well, so it's a bit manufactured, yeah. but still. So, yeah. uh, one fixture I noticed that I've, I am going to do everything I can to be there at that game. Um, and I, I think it's one of those ones I'd prefer not to work. <laughs> Although I would absolutely... No, no, I would love to work it. Um... <laughs> London Irish's St Patrick's Day game this season it is against, against Harlequins. Ooh, that is a good one. That will be, be nice. absolutely huge. Yeah, will Quins be. will be losing a few players because of because um, it'll be over Six Nations period. Yeah, Irish won't really be losing anyone. No, because they're all from the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> that that if you. If we don't get to the Brentford Stadium by then, that is one to get to the Brentford yeah, Stadium yeah. for. That, wrong, that will be huge. Um, so, so I'd go, yeah, Quinn's Irish would be one. Uh, Quinn's Saracens. Yeah. Uh, Leicester, Northampton, obviously. Yeah. Bris- Bristol Bath, possibly Gloucester Bath. Yeah. And I, Surely Saracens, Exeter. 
after Saracen's salary cap breaches have that's a great, that's a good arguably shout. cost extra yeah, because then two you, or more. That's a good shout. Because you also free up Harlequins to play London Irish then. Yeah. Yeah, each club, you should only have each club with one protected fixture. Oh, okay. Yeah. All so right, Saracen's so Saracen, so if we had to, so we could basically we're pairing up, pairing teams yes. up. Okay, so if we're pairing them up, then it's, it's Harlequins Irish. Yeah. Exeter Saracens. Yeah. It's still a wonderful game. Bath, Bath Bristol. Bristol. Yeah. Uh, it'll have to be Gloucester Worcester. Leicester, yep. Northampton, and then the King of the North, yeah. Sale, Newcastle. Which, because there's yeah. 13 teams in the league, oh, yeah. leaves Wasps. Leaves Wasps out. Well, they moved so they, home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, no match. So they, and they're going to get paired with Ealing next year, assuming I, Ealing. Yeah. I After do their love. Point. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Win this week. I do love this oh, game yeah. because, of course, you can do it two ways, won't you? You can either do who are the historic pairings, which is basically what we've done, Except for one of them, which is Saracen's Exeter, and then you can sort of feed the hate to them, why they hate each other. Yeah. So you've got to really construct the reason why everyone should hate each other. And then, um, <laughs> and then they play. Brilliant. So Exeter hate Saracens because uh, yeah. salary because, cap cheats. Yeah. Saracens hate Exeter because they're racists. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly well, hold right. on. No, this is the one thing. If we, if, Apparently. If the people that we've got, got to sell that. We've got to sell that message. Yeah, you've got to yeah, sell the message. Sell but, the then, but then... <laughs> Premiership rugby. Well, no, actually, but, well, the, the very people that are claiming uh, that of Exeter, they were claiming it now. This is a narrative to sell tickets. Yeah, okay. sell, we're selling well, tickets. I'm, I'm not going that far. But I am. Fact, <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to see the racists get, get beaten up. <laughs> wait, wait, wait until you see the lecture for Paddy Jackson. The, oh, oh God! God. The, ve- oh, the very God. people that are saying that now about Exeter, when it, when and if Exeter bend the knee, they'll go after Saracens next. Oh yeah, yeah. A, yeah. a yeah. Middle East, a Middle Eastern warrior. But that's, but that's not our wearing problem. Wearing fez hats. That's not our problem. We we just need to build the most controversial <laughs> flyers <laughs> and promos, like um like US like US election uh, uh, campaigns with the serious music. I just I'm just imagining now. <laughs> you know what these a promo a promo uh, for a game and then JB popping up. I approve this message. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want these guys winning rugby games, do you? <laughs> what message does this send to kids? Your kids. this weekend. I want the other coaches. I want Mark, I want Mark McCall coming up at the end. I approve. I yeah. approve this message. Perfect. I think we've nailed that. Oh, and, uh, we really have. Paul Morgan, give me a call. I'll do. I, I will do all the comms. Oh, <laughs> we're that char- weekend, I'll do all. We're the in charge of marketing rugby. Well, <laughs> if only. If only. Um, Exeter. So we've briefly touched on them before. I loved this game as well. This I loved was it. a spicy, niggly game. This, there was, so from what I from what I saw, I watched the whole game. But from what I saw of Gloucester, 
they basically wanted to do two things. They wanted to either kick the ball and let X to play, yep. box kick it, let X to play, or try and manufacture some some space for Louis Rees Summit. Or, yeah. maul, or maul it. Or maul, yeah, yeah, you're right. And fair play to them for turning down a few kicks at sticks. Kickable, not easy kicks, but um, kickable um, penalties to go for the corner and take on the yep. Chiefs at their own game. So yeah, three, they had three things. Box kick, maul it when they got close to the line, or try and manufacture some space for Louis Rees Summit. And they did it effectively with that a game plan that simple and took on extra Chiefs at their own game and almost won. I know. I, I like what they did. I like how organised they are. They know what they're good at. They know what they're not good at. Yep. I think Hastings has been a great signing because yeah. he just kicks everything. He reminds me of Owen Williams. He really does. He, um, he's, he's a handy player. Yeah, good, good player. Uh, the ball is right. This is why I like what Skivington's doing. He's given them really good basics. Once you've got your basics, you've got something to hang, hang your hat on. I think Gloucester were all at sea at the start of this season. I don't think they knew what they were. Well, they know what they are now. Yeah. That's why that, that's why they're saying at fifth. Singleton has come on leaps and bounds to the point that you watch Lionel's defend him versus Sacchino, and they and they and they defend them different ways. So you'll see that they don't bother defending the tail of the line-out against Sacchino, but they do against Singleton, Singleton, and it opens up the rest of the line-out. So I think he's been really good. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not that far away from uh, England recognition. An- another call, because he's been in, in and around he's the He's in squad. the World Cup squad. Was he? Oh, God, he oh, was. was he? Yeah. He was the third hooker. God. Well, yeah, he, well, the boy could throw in. I'll give him yeah. that much. So, yeah, just yeah. really, really pragmatic, good coaching. I, I, lo- I really enjoyed... Seeing X to dig this one out, yeah. and I did as well. And I, I, I know you're saying you love the detail. I actually love the emotion uh, from players and coaches and stuff. Yeah. And I can dissect the detail another time. I am interested in it, but actually, in the heat of battle, or and immediately afterwards, I want to hear the emotion. And I loved Rob Baxter's post-match chat, saying we've come a long way and we've won trophies and stuff, but I never ever want this coming to King's Home and winning a game not to feel very very special so in in the chat we've just had we haven't talked about the game at all I just said you know massive well done this is this is special I love it and it says everything about the premiership as well that it is a big deal for a team like Exeter still yeah. to go to King's Home and win yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think Exeter are losing primarily because everyone's really really good not because they've got really bad but there is something to be said about these law variations and the latch. If you think about extra as a team, how many of their guys can stand up to and ride the first hit with, without the latch? But they can, but no more than anyone else. Whereas last year, everybody could. You've probably got Cowan Dickey, Don Armand, the other one, Ewers, Ewers. Dave, Dave Ewers. And Simmons. And Simmons that can ride, can ride the tackle. Everyone else was relying on, on latches. And I, do you know what? I think it's actually wrong that rugby have take, taken that away. I think it's ridiculous, actually, that they can have a team as successful as Exeter who have been ham, um, hamstrung, not because of something the opposition have done, because of something an administrator has done, because they want to see a different t- type of rugby. And, and what was the reason, what was the justification who, for changing that? Who knows, right? But if, if Presumably you, it was a safety thing, but... I don't actually know. But if the result is more players like um, Dave Ewers, it doesn't strike me as particularly safe. So Exeter could build a, a team of very big men who are organised and would latch. But now they're going to be looking for absolutely monstrous men who can ride the first tackle, because that's what they want. In fact, everyone's going to be looking looking for the same thing. It, you, you know, it's it's a stupid thing to do. 
because it rewards bigger players. Whereas before, you could have fitter players who could do the latching. I'm actually, I'm very much warm into the 50-22 law. Definitely. That is a good law. That opens things up. That tactically, do you drop players, do you not? The threat of the potential of what could be done. And if you're playing against Leicester, it doesn't matter because George Ford will just do a 90-22. That was unbelievable. Ridiculous Astounding. kick. I yeah. loved that kick. Yeah. But well, I'm, I'm still not convinced on the 50-22. It's exciting though, isn't it? I'm, the jury's out for me. Yeah. For, for, for one primary reason, which is it changes the incentive for turnover ball. So previously, turnover ball was the best ball to score a try from because the def- opposition defence is disorganised. Now, turnover ball, instead of running it, which kick is it. what... Yeah, yeah, kick it becomes the best option. So you're incentivising people not to attack. You're incentivising people to kick away the best attacking ball. So that, uh, the jury's still out for me on well, that. Well, only in your own half. Yeah, true. You, know, you still have a half of where you can turn the ball over and go for it. And Leicester have shown, because they've, they've got George Ford, who's so good tactically at kicking, teams are dropping that player but then they're in that quandary and part of the reason we've been saying Nadolo's had a great season I think he's the one player that's benefited from it more than more than any other yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean I just hate because they've had a bit more space to get him into I just hate the law changes I hate the constant law changes if... uh, yeah I, I'm alright with that one yeah. so I'm, I, I, I'm warming to that one the uh, latching one I don't, I don't really see the point of it I, I, don't, it. I don't like the goal line dropout at all no I don't I don't I think we should bring about five minute scrums well, cause, but it's a goal line dropout even for um, instead, yeah. of a, instead of a 22. And I, yeah. I hate that one. I yeah. hate so that one. It is, hold on, let's get this right. It's made... So the 22 is obviously the safer option for the defence. Hold on, I'm trying to get this right. It's made it less safe and also more safe depending on which way. Depending it's on which way. Out. Yes, exactly. It has kind of evened it out. So it's, n- now kicking the ball into the dead ball area is a really good lottery uh, mm. potential attacking opportunity but worst case scenario is you're going to get great ball back again yes. when's, when's the last time that you watched a full game of NFL a full game start to finish oh uh, Super Bowl Phil uh, Super Bowl about three years ago okay so we all kind of like NFL we all sort of know the rules broadly you, you guys know and like it more than I do yes yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So I've played I, enough Madden to, to know the rules oh yeah you've you dabbled I, uh, absolutely you know your way around yeah. You know your nickel from your... From your dime. From your diamond. Yeah. Dime. Dime. I was going to say diamond then, but... Exactly. Steve Diamond. Um, you know your Andy Nickel from your Steve Diamond, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is, like, imagine if you hadn't watched NFL for five years, or three years, or two years, mm. and then you turn it on, and there's a whole new set of rules, and you go, well, what is this? You know, what, what has happened? The NFL does change its laws quite often. Nothing like rugby has. I mean, just imagine hamstringing one of your best teams because... Someone decided to. It's nuts. So, so I was watching this game, thinking what what has had the greater contribution to extra struggling in this particular game? Is it the latch law change, or is it the fact that they're missing, as you listed before, look, Karen Dickey, Johnny Hill, Johnny Gray, Yannis uh, Kirsten, Jack Vermeulen, Dave Ewers, Sam Simmons. A seven massive men. Know, who I would be think... kind of at start. It's, it's the core of their starting pack. And, but not only is it the core of their starting pack, it is the guys who, JB, as you listed before, they are the guys who can get you over the game line yeah. without the. They are the, the guys. Yeah, but that just makes sense to like every other team then. And if you remember during COVID when they were trying to catch up with all the fixtures, we were saying the best team in the Premiership is uh, Exeter's first team, and then it's a second second team, team. and it might even be their third team on occasions. Uh, And there's a a process that goes on at Exeter. Rob Baxter will sit down with um, with all his coaches, 
and they'll plan years and years in advance. If they want to change a law as fundamental as the latch law, tell them, tell them they're going to do it in five years so they can change everything in their club and make sure they've got I hear, I hear that. I do mm. hear that. So, yeah. It's a nonsense. Or, you know, even three years. You can do a lot I'd, in three years. I'd, I'd be happy with a, an amnesty on laws or an yeah. embargo on I, new laws. I think it's necessary for a little mm. while. Uh, just um, picking up just, just some of the emails I'm just uh, having a look at as we go through. And uh, Patrick Hall said, and, you know, hey, BT Sport, pay attention to this. Read that email. I'll be there in two seconds. Patrick Hall, uh, contact headchasers at gmail.com. He said, hey, lads, I've played rugby since I was eight, but I've never watched a premiership rugby match. But from listening to Egg Chasers, you got me so interested in Premiership and the storylines that I've bought my monthly pass, especially to watch Saracens versus Harlequins, and I've decided to support Bath this year. That's, that's another story Ooh. altogether. <laughs> yeah, unlucky. Uh, but it's crazy that the competition is so woefully marketed. Um, please continue to do what you do. Mm. Um, well, that's great to hear. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure BT, Sport, uh, BT Sport are very happy to hear that one as well. And uh, woefully marketed, I think... That that might be might be harsh, but um, I, 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 maybe yeah. not fair. But what I would say is some of those some of those rivalries this weekend are just so interesting and engaging, and yeah, th- th- these are the these are the moments and these are the games and the matchups when you really can tell a story. And he used that yeah. word storylines, yeah, yeah. and oh, I completely you, agree. You can tell a story. There's hundred <clears throat> over 150 years of history in some of these games. It, no, ma- it really matters. I don't know what happens in the top 14 in France, but I suspect it's very similar to Premiership in terms of the storylines and whatnot. And they've embraced it, and look what's happened. So I really dislike the whole chat. You know, when when you read the rugby press at the moment, it's all going to be about England. I just had all these great games. There's so many better stories in the Premiership than there is in, in, in the international game. Well, that is a chicken and egg, though, isn't it? Because yeah. it, int- if there was sufficient interest that the... The articles would reflect it because they would get enough clicks to pay for the advertisers, to pay for the writers, to yeah. Or alternatively, you get three lads in a basement who put out a podcast every week and it's phenomenally successful because you talk about the right things. So you know the market is there, uh, as we've proven time and time again. Uh, and they've been doing the same thing for thirty years now, going in going in um, cycles for England. And you know they wonder why the Premiership you know, isn't getting traction. Well, first of all, Premiership rugby needs to stop stop promoting itself far far better. They're so apologetic. Oh well, this is this this is how it was before, and this is how it will be going forward. Or yeah, we've always started the league without international players, or we always miss international players in in, in such a window. We we better not, we better not celebrate a massive hit because yeah. uh, someone might complain. Yeah, they would. You know, they they were. Oh, I, I won't go into that actually. But the point is, you need to follow or you need to promote the stories in the Premiership more because it's just so much more interesting. The week-in, week-out operations of a rugby club are so much more interesting than the whims of an international coach. Before we finally move off uh, Gloucester-Exeter, did you see the centre partnership for Exeter for the last 15 minutes? Uh, yes, I did. Why do they go with like? Yes, a, I did. Why do, they, why do they go with a big man, little man combo? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question. So we we, <laughs> we got we got to size up finally the Hendrickson Witten, who is bigger debate. Who, who is uh, well? What did it, what did it look like? It looked like exactly what it looked like uh, previously, and also on paper. I w- <laughs> I would I will I didn't say I, didn't I see will it. say now I've seen it because I did pay attention to this. I um. I was surprised how big Ian Witten is. Ian Witten is 
a big, he's prime Northern Irish beef. Isn't he just? He is a big strong boy. He's always been a big strong boy, though. He has, but I just, you see Tom <laughs> Hendrickson, and you just. Maybe, is that, Hendrickson maybe got a tiny waist or something and massive shoulders. Well, yeah, he's maybe. Also, he's also shorter. He's not he's... shorter. <laughs> he's not shorter. He's massive. He, well, you see, I mean, he's considerably shorter than Oli Devoto. He's six foot, exactly. Obviously. Um, he is shorter than Ian Witten and I, I, Oli I, I, Devoto. Hendrickson, Hendrickson looks he, be- he's in, better, he's in, in, better in a pair of shorts. Definitely. He, he's in trem- Hendrickson is in tremendous shape. Um, Ian Witten is also in tremendous shape. Oh, yeah, he's, he is. He's an older... He's an elite athlete. He's, but... Yeah, but Witten is a bigger, stronger boy. Do you, want, do you want to know who other older sensors who are in phenomenal shape, who are around Exeter but no, no longer play for him? Matt Jess is in phenomenal shape. Phenomenal not, shape. Not surprised yeah. to hear Matt Jess is... Tom James is in. Tom, James? Tom Johnson. Tom Johnson, Tom Johnson is in phenomenal shape. Not surprised yeah. to hear that either. What do, they, what do they do? I think they're both personal trainers. I think Matt <laughs> Jess might be doing coaching badges, actually. Okay. And I think he's travelling, like, a couple of hours to training, to train his team whilst he goes through his badges, I think. Hmm. Yeah, both of them are in unbelievable... I, I, I mean, I left an open goal there. I thought you were going to say CrossFit. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're doing CrossFit. <laughs> oh, no, Tom Johnson doesn't do CrossFit, but he does, he does uh, appreciate the system. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. I had, oh, yeah, MSJ I, had an I had an interesting conversation about uh, CrossFit in, uh, and relation to rugby training and the, the the way that CrossFit's principle is just to redline all the time to just, yeah. to just be like crawling out of the, the box at the end of a session. Actually, that's one of the things that a lot of conditioning people have an issue with it now. It's like, no, you shouldn't always go to that yeah. level. But you should because I'm lazy. Like, I, if I can <laughs> avoid it, I will. And that's where you need to be. That's where you need to be, be to get fit. If you're, if you're a guy... I suspect like a lot of these really top athletes are who just love writing themselves off. Then your fitness and strength coach is right to say you don't do that every day, mate. You know, turn it down. But if you're lazy like me, mentally weak, that's exactly <laughs> you need to be doing that. And JB and I were were nowhere near. We were among the older players on the yeah. pitch yesterday, and I think uh, we were an advert of CrossFit. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely dominating. <laughs> Total domination. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't fair. Um. What other games were there? Oh, Bath lost again, predictably. When when when's enough enough? So Wasps missed in seventeen players. Um, now Bath obviously had the red card from Mike Williams, which massively hindered them. Yeah, but hugely. No, no, no. You can't underestimate that. I'm not. I'm not. Le- <laughs> Where are we now? We are at played six, one and drawn. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it was a bad loss. It was a bad loss. But right. like that, William. That was a. That was not a. That was a bad decision. Um, rightfully red carded. Jimmy Gopeth. Hope he's okay soon. He, oh, he I missed this. Yeah. I knew it was some stuff about Jimmy Gopeth. What what happened? Tell me about it. So Gopeth was St- bending over to to jackal a rook. Yeah. And Williams comes in um, from a bit of a distance at force, and it, it was it was an awkward, weird one because, and it's it's a tough one because there's no real other angle that yeah. that Williams can go to because. It's only the head. If he comes in from the side, he doesn't hit Gopeth in the head, but it's a penalty. Gopeth's head, so his shoulders are below his hips, which is illegal, illegal, illegal but never enforced. Agreed. That was the bit. I, yeah, yeah. That, but he does. He kind of binds or wraps his arm onto Gopeth's head around his head, neck, chest area, and so I think it was Williams's really his 
chest hits Gopeth's head. Gopeth's knocked cleaned out, clean out. So Gopeth is giving away five or six stones yeah, to yeah. someone like Mike Williams. So it looks awful. It's actually probably not that dissimilar to challenges that happen frequently. So, yeah. uh, there's an element of similarity between uh, Laulala, not Laulala, no, um, the New Zealand prop. Yeah, against Mo- on Moriarty, where Moriarty's well, bent over at the waist. Yeah. The, the New Zealand player's completely bent over at the waist, and it's like, okay, well, Moriarty's running at me with his giant head first. Where? Yeah, where do you go? Well, what do you want well, me to do? And actually, you want to compress his spine at, at you know the base, yeah. you know, base of the neck, and that's literally what you're meant to do. Well, on, on that one, I thought it was harsh because we've seen that refereed by Premiership referees that kind of incident, and they, they've basically taken the stance that if both players are bent at the waist, if the tackler is bent at the waist, there is nothing more that he can do. He can't do anything else. Therefore, it can't be a penalty. Yeah. And when, when you add into the fact in that, and we'll get on the in international one, pop, we'll get into that, the ricochet yeah, there was player a, to player. I, I thought he was hard done by. This I'd, one is more clean cut because yeah. you could argue Williams didn't need to to do do it at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean what, which well, is he worse. Was, he, he, arguably, if he doesn't do it, he gives away a penalty. Yeah. If he does it, he gives away a red card. Yeah, and actually, and, and yeah. this it is one of those situations where, because as you say, Jimmy Gopeth was in an illegal position. Technically, but never Technically, but enforced. never enforced. Um, and had Williams taken the decision on a Monday morning and had Bath lost, you can imagine Mike Williams would have got absolutely roasted. Yeah, yeah. if he just stands and watches. If he just stands and watches. What are you doing yeah. watching that player do that? It's, it's, I mean, like, it's, it's hard. There's other options to pull it, pull Gopeth towards him. But it's not going to. It's not effective. They've kind yeah. of they've kind of got rid of that rolling technique yeah. thing. Yeah. You can still roll though. You can roll around the body. You know, you can't roll around the neck. So that is still a thing. You, you can't crocodile roll. No, you can't crocodile you roll. They got rid of that because there was loads of knees and ankles that were getting well, blown but, out. But that's always been but illegal I think, because you can't deliberately go to the ground, and a crocodile roll is deliberately. But that to used the to be done a lot. It did, uh, and it was like kind of. But it's like, been crashed I mean, out. that was in the era when uh, who was the Sam Jones. When judo became a massive thing in yeah. <laughs> as a transferable skill from rugby, because people were doing that crocodile yeah. roll, and Sam Jones in an England camp got um got yeah ended, ended his career, career. Ended. yeah yeah mm. yeah by Marrow wasn't it yeah yes, yes I would not want to oh god I'd, I'd give it a go <laughs> I would not want to roll, like to watch roll you with Marrow <laughs> give it a go yeah yeah, um, yeah just on on the rucks at the moment you know the Sam Warburton theory on clearing rucks as demonstrated on BT's Rugby Tonight back in the day go on you'd have to remind me you so um, told this before so ball focused ruck it's basically uh, as we'd call it uh, cock over ball get your cock over the ball seal off hold on right fine uh, a threat focused ruck you go over the ruck and you carry on driving and you hit them and you drive them off mm-hmm. okay everything sounds good good now uh a, a ruck where it's like game over, the guy's got his hands on um, on the ball. Sam Warburton was saying, target here, which is, I'm pointing now to the back of my neck, where my neck sort of joins, like the top of the spine. Top of the spine, yeah. Because that's where the guy is. In between the shoulder blades. In between the shoulder blades. Hit that as hard as you possibly can. So, I don't think I want to... <laughs> I think a jackal wants in that game. But that's awkward because of the... You can only do that if someone's shoulders are lower than their hips. If yeah. the jackal's shoulders, are, so that if they're in an illegal position in the first place, because if they are, if their shoulders are higher than their hips, you can only hit their or their arms or their chest. Yeah, and actually, a lot of these guys. I mean, we said Gopeth is in a legal position. I didn't see it, but if you look at Moriarty. I mean, that's borderline legal. His back is nice and flat. Uh, his head is sort of neutral. You, you, you can't go under him because he's so close well, to the player. The Moriarty one, he was carrying the ball. 
Oh, it's not, sorry. It's not a... Yeah, um, it was a tackle. It wasn't a rook. What was it not? No, no, no. Moriarty's carrying the ball. He gets hit by... He gets hit by Blackadder. Blackadder. From one side, or which Papili. is... Which oh, is, or yes, Papili, sorry. That, that was a no-arm hit. Hang on, but... Am I... Yeah, so... Sorry, I'm thinking the wrong the wrong instant here. The, the one against Moriarty was two guys coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was two red cards. We, so it was one... The first one, it was definitely a no-arm tackle, but he doesn't hit me in the head. So that should have been a penalty there. Yeah. The second one is, I think he was hard done by, partly because he was bent at the waist, which um, has been mitigation, for, certainly from premiership referees, but also because of the ricochet. And like Moriarty is, it's like he's popped his shoulder and or ribs from the first illegal hit. So he's like going... And there was no arms in either of them. There may have been some in the second. I don't think there was any arms in either of them. There I definitely thought, wasn't in the first. Yeah, the, the, no arms. They were very fortunate to have one yellow card where there could have been two reds. Anyway, back to we've talked Sorry. far too much about internationals. Yeah, yeah. Back, back to Bathwash. The t- two moments of the match were the the Glanville try, which yeah. was awesome, and the Ogre try, which was awesome for Ogre. Yeah. Awful defending from Bath yeah. for him to just stroll through the middle from twenty yards out. Yeah, it was. Just, I'll tell you what... what, what oh, and Rocco de Guni's finish yeah, was pretty special. It, it was all good. I don't think we need to say any more than no. we said in previous weeks about Bath. No, no I think... I can't add anything more. So they've, they've... Ed Griffiths has been appointed. Yes, what? that's right. What? It, yeah, yeah. This is not small news. Former Saracens CEO has come in. Yes. Um, Do you know who his brother is? Uh, Hugh Griffiths, the newsreader? Um, not Clive Griffiths. Griffiths. Uh, his brother? Kai... No, his brother was the head of NFL outside of the USA. So all of Europe, all of basically, well, the rest yeah, of the basically, world. Basically the rest U- of the world. UK, Germany, and... Yeah. So, they're the main two. The Amsterdam, uh, oh, Netherlands. I, yeah, they love I it. believe his name's Pete. Um, these two are, you know, some of the foremost sports minds in <laughs> basically... All, you know, yeah, all of, all of sport, all of sport. Like, they've got uh, experience in cricket, NFL, obviously rugby... So he's been appointed as what exactly? Uh, he, I think he's coming as a consultant, short term. With it's obviously not a director of rugby role, but straightening out the rugby side of things. Administrative. I tell you what, or sorting out the management and coaches. I guess that is yeah. exciting. That is more than a bit exciting. So if you're a Bath fan, you should be. A, that, that I can't believe I missed that. That's one of the most important appointments that I've heard in mm. years. Uh, last week, I think. And he's a guy that can come in, and uh, I mean, it's one of those where I imagine every all of the coaching and all of the behind the scenes staff at Bath are getting a bit twitchy because that he's going to be the one looking and really digging into what what's going on there. He'll be doing an audit of uh, what's happening from a coaching perspective, Performance yeah. and find. It, but he will be able to identify ways to to turn things around in the short term, which is what he's there to do. I think. Hey, Sippers, do you? Do you like land? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because w- when Saracens, in between their first penalty and second penalty um, for the salary cap breaches, he got brought in, didn't he, he to did. try and see if he could rectify things. And that's where a few players, um, was it Liam Williams left and yeah. probably one or two others where they were trying to jettison players to get under the salary cap for so they the didn't... 2018-19 season. Yeah, what was the reason for that? It was because of 
What, which, which yeah, what was it? Was it because they had an eighteen point? Yeah, it's because they had one. They had one punishment, and they so thought they, had, they could potentially survive it. Yeah, they had a. I want to say thirty-five point penalty, which they would have done. Yeah, which they yes, which they actually would have done at the end. Would have done until they got the hundred odd point. But then when they started <laughs> digging into that season's accounts, it became clear that. They were going to be oh, over that. Do you remember all that? That well. just looked wrong. It was like, oh god, Saracen's doing really well. More points. Give, yeah, give, more. give them more points. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing. How like many is enough? <laughs> uh, we'll put them to minus one hundred. No the, one could escape yeah. from there. What's the most points ever been scored in the Premiership? <laughs> Find them that because I think they might beat it. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was that. Yeah. So anyway, so so rumor Worcester might end up with Steve Diamond and Bath have got. Hey, Griffiths. Fair play. I mean, there's not many other men that I would choose above Steve Diamond. I'm not sure I would choose Ed, uh, Ed Griffiths above him, but it's a bloody good signing. It's mm. a really exciting signing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, we've got an email here. Um, it's been sent to us among some other uh, rugby savants. Yeah. So uh, a, w- a weird one, and I'm sure that um, I'm sure that some of those people on there don't want me knowing their emails and also their. Uh, Job titles, but I've got them now, so uh, they'll be getting calls. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron, for the email. Uh, dear uh, Tim, he's called you John, John and Phil. Um, J-O-N. Question for the pod. To what extent are TMO reviews being influenced by in-game commentary in televised premiership games? And what, what impact does this have? I have no idea. Um, as, as far as I'm aware, None. Well, okay, so I don't, I don't believe they can hear commentary. That's exactly my point. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what I think. Like, I'd, if they're hearing comms, then yeah, I, I don't know they do. I would be astonished if they heard TV commentary. Yeah. If they are, I would want to stop it immediately because if they are, it would have an influence. They it, can't, it can't not have an influence. They won't be. He, he references I, this because um, in the Leicester Northampton Leicester game, uh, Austin Healy made a couple of observations whilst commentating on the game. And after both observations were made, the TMO immediately informed the referee there needed to be a check for foul play. I would suggest that's just great minds thinking alike. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way they're seeing the commentary. The one thing potentially um, there might be a case for, although I also don't think this is an issue, is the fact that the the director of the broadcaster will influence the replays that are shown. um, And I think they must get a match feed... As well as having other angles. So, as we've seen with games in France, yes, some curious absence of uh, replays <laughs> at certain angles at certain moments. Yeah, as it should be. For most of the game, you get ten different angles of the pitch. For certain controversial incidents from the home team, yeah. you get one angle from a very long way away. It's very much like the uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein cameras. <laughs> They go missing just yeah, at the right time. Yeah, we don't have that. I, I agree. Science angle. It would affect the integrity of the game. <coughs> were commentary to, but I'm abs- I'm absolutely certain that that is not the case. <coughs> yeah, but you, you're right. I think they will have a TV feed, so there probably is some influence from the director. Albeit they should get access to all of the angles. The TMO should be able to access all yeah, of the angles. But these TMOs are, have every different angle. They can see it all. They've got someone there getting them every bit in in real time. So. If there's something to see, the commentator will see it and the TMO will see it. Mm. You'd have to, to, to sort of show that there's any issue, you'd have to demonstrate lots and lots of examples where a TMO missed something that commentator commentary team also missed. And there's not many of them. Yeah, or I just can't see it being done no. because it would... Although, I'm, I'm open to saving some money and uh, just letting 
just letting Austin Haley be TMO. <laughs> just double up. I mean, he doesn't. He, I don't think he needs the extra money for, as a TMO fee. And he's already spotted it. He's got all the angles. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Another email um, on domestic matters from Jim Crick, who uh, f- just wanted to fill us in on a trip to La Defense Arena. Mm. Oh, so I love this email. He I really enjoyed Racing it. Racing v Montpellier. Uh, and he, after hearing you guys talk about it, he thought, what? see, the influence we're having, we're getting people to sign up to watch domestic rugby because we, we sound so passionate. Exactly. When, when, when Jim had a weekend away in Paris... He th- he'd heard us talk about La Defense Arena and said, I better go there then. He's not wrong. Um, he said the day before the match, he got sent the following email telling me the schedule for the day. And safe to say, it got us very excited. 3.30pm, doors open. 4.40pm, giant quiz with Fitbit connected bracelets to be won. 4.55pm, 4, 4, musical show with the group Your Dream Band. Yes! 5pm, <laughs> kickoff. Half time throwing the Natixis mini balls. Six forty PM end of the match slash third half on the lawn in the bodega with the musical show. Yeah, there awesome. we go. Ten PM close. Awesome. So you get hours of entertainment. Yeah, hours of entertainment. He said his girlfriend's American and her only live experience of rugby to date has been the Hong Kong Sevens, which is not a bad question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna do one. Is this thing? what it's always like. Yeah. <laughs> So I was keen to show her the real spectacle of 15 aside. La Defense did not disappoint. Disco lights, full brass band, ample beer, an amazing atmosphere. And that was even before the game started. The game was exciting enough. Plenty of stars she recognised me watching Six Nations and Lions with me, including the Springboks, who were also in attendance, assuming they have a training. Oh, the Springbok squad were watching. Yeah, because they were... They were watching Corbus Reinach and Andre Pollard. Yeah, why were they there again? I think they had a camp. Yeah. Camp there. Mm. Uh, she also recognised, quote, that guy with the humongous neck. Camille Shat. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, home team didn't get the result, but you uh, wouldn't have known by watching the crowd. Full stadium of French fans being very French fanny. The cherry on top was that as soon as the final whistle went, a full team of people rolled on kegs and makeshift concession stands and, prepare, uh, and prepared for the on-field party. Live band went on through the night non-stop and a great time was had by everyone. Um, awesome. Sounds ex- almost makes me want to rejoin the EU. Yeah. <laughs> it almost Just makes that. me... I could probably tolerate a few days in Paris just to do that. Yeah. I, yeah. Although I'd rather fly in, fly out of Paris. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a massive Paris fan, yeah. unfortunately. I'm not. Yeah. Um, no, pa- now, Paris just, is great just to people watch. Yeah. Sit in one of those cafes where you have the, the heat lamps and the chairs facing out. Outwards. So you can just sit with a, a, a bottle of red wine and watch people walking by. So <laughs> the match entertainment you mentioned there, I don't know who that band was. I don't know why it's just brought back memories. I went to watch the Super League Grand Final one year. It was Leeds, who won, against someone else. I can't remember who. Yeah, I've been to a few. Super Old Trafford or Wembley? So. Would you like I've, to, I've only been to Old Trafford. Would you like to guess who the, who the half-time entertainment what, was? What year are we talking, roughly? <sighs> well, Rhinos, I'm going to say it was Rhinos Saints. So that could be any year, really. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't I'm guessing... Like, not the mid-90s, then. Nearly a decade ago, I'd say. So about Eight years ago. Ten. Uh, what about um, Gareth Gates? That's not a bad shout, but no. I can't even think what these... I can't tell you... I know the name, but I can't even tell you one of their songs. Uh, oh, is it a group? It is a group. M People. No, it's not M um, uh, What about... Five. Oh, if five. it was five, that would be awesome. <laughs> what about... He was big about ten Atomic years Kitten. So let's see if they're still going. Can, what, can you give us a genre yeah, of music? Yeah, so I'm on their Wikipedia now. 
They're alternative indie. So there you okay. are. Timmy, okay, Shed on. 7. Okay, indie pop rock. Indie 2005 till present. Oh, okay. Uh, the uh, Enemy. Nope. Claxons. The Twang. <laughs> um, uh, to date, Someone Someone have achieved eight top 40 singles and sold over two million records. Eight, okay. 2005. The Feeling. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's um, not far from it, mate. Pigeon Detectives. Uh, uh, scouting for girls. Yes, was it? Was <laughs> it? <laughs> scouting for girls. I thought this is wow. so Super League. Amazing. Not quite the halftime show, is it? Not the, the Super Bowl. How did you show. get scouting for girls? That's I amazing. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm a. You're a DJ. You are, I do yeah. occasionally Profession. play scouting for girls on Virgin Radio. Very occasionally. I'm mm. glad to say. <laughs> By the way, great, great, uh, r- great ratings this week for. Uh, is that the, right? The Mighty Virgin Radio and for yours truly. Thanks Amazing. for having yeah, Good work. Good work, Cocker. Um, we've, missed a, we've missed a game. London Irish. London Irish against know. Brizzle. Don't talk about I it. I hate London Irish. Don't want to talk about it. I hate them so much. Why do you hate London Irish? Because they shouldn't do this. They shouldn't do this. How do they go from that great win away at Sandy Park? I know how it happens. I know how it happens because their players are good. They can score points when they just play how they want to play. And I don't think the coaching is any good whatsoever. That's what I think. And they should have taken Bristol. They At one point, Bristol had 12 players on the field. 12 players. And they still didn't win. It's remarkable. It's remarkable. But fair play to Bristol, on the other hand, for turning it around. And Irish are a... And scoring some phenomenal tries, some very yeah, bristly tries. Some lovely tries. The one early on where they break out of their own 22 yeah. and score was awesome. Was that the Fricker try? Fricker had a nice one. Uh, the outside centre, who I don't know. Um, Bates. Bates, that's Bates the boy. Here. Yeah, he finished a nice one. Nice one. Um, what, what goes on at London Irish? What goes on? They were celebrating after that win against Exeter. First win in however many games, 10 uh, premiership games. Uh, probably until middle of last week and then didn't really have time to train Taylor's oldest time London Irish winning games they shouldn't win and losing games they probably should win they are on the uh, yo-yoing from outstanding to average they they make me bristle they have cost me so much money Um, (laughs) like not only that they're, they're not far from being a really good team so Actually, as it stands, I've got the second least wins in the Premiership. So fewest, fewest. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Bath, obviously, uh, you know, Bath are there with them. Uh, zero. Bath zero. London Irish one. Oh. Bristol Worcester Sale two. But wins. they've got two draws, mm. and they should have won this. And one. they've got. They six, should be. They should be bonus, on four wins. They've got six bonus points as well. They got the joint most bonus points combining. Obviously, so they just don't and, care. And like they four just. Tries. They don't care. They want to play, you know, score a few tries, go on the beers, and that's it. You know, they'll show up when they want to. I, I don't know what goes on there. It's um, a frustrating club, to put it mildly. <laughs> well, try being a fan or a pseudo-fan like Cocker. Yeah. Fun, fun, though. It is fun. School, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, I, I, And you could um, attribute that, Monica, to um, Bristol as well at the moment. Mm. You never know what's going to happen. So got, some amazing tries, look great at times. I've got a theory about London Irish. And it's not that revolutionary. You probably know this anyway. But my theory is this team was built for one reason and one reason only. Not to get relegated. Yes. And now there's no relegation. They just, they're not that bothered. Like They'll throw it about a bit. Sometimes they'll play. Sometimes they won't. Well, they they let a couple of the older guys go, didn't they? Steve, um, not Steve Murphy. Um, Mark Afu, uh, yeah. tight prop. Um, 
Probably one of Tim pay cut, to be fair. And someone else would let go. Um, I, but they so they've done that. They've brought in a few of the younger lads, like the back three, like Goodridge Clark, like Rogerson, who has played well. They're bringing in Donnell. Um, Donald's very good. The games, yeah. Well, it's obvious what's happened here, which is they bring in this team not to get relegated, and they know they've got a great academy. And these guys are starting to come <coughs> through. Uh, Stokes uh, was playing this week. Parton, Hassel Collins. You know, they've got loads of them. They've got absolutely loads of them, and they're bringing those guys through. I don't think London Irish will ever have problems developing players from their academy because they've got such a great catchment there, and they're very good at that. Mm. Uh, but now there's no relegation. I just kind of think this team, <coughs> this team was ready for one thing. And they're playing something completely different. But they should be winning more. They shouldn't. They should be on four wins. I, was, <coughs> I said Marafu. I didn't mean Marafu. I meant uh, Sokopi Kepu, uh, not Marafu. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who was, would have been a big salary as a many times capped Australian international. 110. Is yes. Capped well, Australian international. I mean, my pre-season predictions are in tatters but <coughs> London Irish have made sure yours are just in well they're on the verge all over the shop because people are still beating everyone because everyone's beating everyone else who do they have well it's in, it's, it's in that bowl isn't it so there's no hiding um, it's also on a podcast yeah London, London Irish are they're, they're only six six points off top four as things currently stand. How far are Sale off? Because they've only got... They are one seven, point better. seven points off oh, top God, four. you're right. Everyone beating everyone. Everyone's beating everyone else. Yeah. So Tigers uh, and Saracens are not out of sight, but they're doing very well. So t- Tigers have also played seven games. So they are they are eight points clear at the top. Saracens have only played six, but they've won five. Uh, uh, they're on 24. Then Quinns on 22. Northampton, 20. And then Chiefs, 19. Gloucester, 18. Wasps 15, Irish 14, Newcastle, okay. Sale 13, okay. Worcester 12, Bristol 9, and Bath 6 points adrift with only 3 losing bonus points. Wow. So I said, what did I say? I had said Sale. Sale, Irish. Irish. Exeter. Definitely Exeter. And Bristol? I would have said Bristol. I'm thinking Leicester, but no. Because I've been raving about Leicester for the bloody ages, but... Maybe yeah. I Bristol. think I think I said <laughs> Bristol. Uh, I think I said uh, Exeter Sale Bristol. I can't remember. It might, might have been Leicester fourth. I don't know. I can't remember. So I, I definitely said Exeter Bristol, uh, Saracens and Quins were my top four. That's looking pretty good at the minute. Uh, apart from Bristol, who are second bottom. Oh yes, correct. <laughs> apart from Bristol. But oh God, yeah, it gets worse for me because they've had Bristol in there. It's not, it's not Sale and London Irish need to worry about. It's bloody Bristol. Do you know what? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> people don't tune in for our expertise. It's the as we keep hearing. It's the it's the passion and the interest and and the product itself. How the uh, the dreadful predictions we have had this season is that's marketing right there. Yeah, my for the yes. that just shows how good the product is. Exactly. Yes, my absolutely. predictions this week were all over the show. I lost the. I thought Gloucester would win. Yeah. They didn't. I thought Irish would win. I mean, that's a farce what Irish did. They didn't. <laughs> and, uh, so you, presumably you back Sale? I, of course I back Sale, yeah. Sale so was the only, on my bets this week, Sale was the only one that I got yeah. wrong. The bookies were very happy with rugby this weekend. They cost us a lot of money. <laughs> yes, for sure. Uh, just, just interesting, uh, Michael Jenrick um, got in touch. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com. We had some... Quite quite a few American listeners enjoy the reference of Barstool Sports last week. Oh yeah, I noticed that. Which is a huge deal in America. 
and um, just suggested that, giving us a couple of avenues on ways we might be able to hook up with them. Um, with a podcast or two on the Barstool Sports we, Network. We had someone contact us about doing a joint podcast in the way we used to do with Green and Gold for someone, but I can't remember who it was. Yeah, yeah, that's this one here. I'll, I'll, oh, is it? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, hi to, uh, hi to Michael Jemrick, who lives in Denver, Colorado, and is proud to be uh, one of the part of the 10% of our weekly listeners from America. Yeah. Mm, uh, thank you for listening. He's very much got into it, loves his rugby and clearly, yeah, from your email, clearly you are a very big fan and I uh, of rugby, and I pre- I appreciate that. And keep fighting the good fight over there in the states. He says, um, Denver, Colorado, is home to some strong drinks uh, at distilleries, major breweries, um, and amazing views. You're always welcome in our home if you're over, and we can drive you out to watch some major league rugby in Utah or Vegas. In one day, I hope to make it to a live podcast. Um, College friends of ours are planning a trip for the World Cup in France. Mm. In Don't go to Marseille. <laughs> Don't yeah. go to Marseille. Avoid anywhere Marseille. But, anywhere but Marseille. Let's hope we win that bid in the future and have it stateside. Don't worry, we can find some drinks just as strong as strong zero. Yes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure that's a good Yeah, that's, 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 that's not a sales pitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are drinks that are technically as strong as strong zero. But they'll never have the potency of Strong Zero. <laughs> um, oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, oh, Dem- Colorado, um, Denver, Colorado is going to be a particularly, mm. particularly cool place. So last few games to round up from me. Yep. Uh, you'll be aware that uh, Sedgley Park win this week, Phil. Yes. Again. L- Lubtonians. Yeah, they hammered them, didn't they? Yeah, from what I read, a bit of a stop-start performance in the considerably better but was it like 50 points I think it's like 38 or 39 Sedgley Park looking good in National 1 yeah Mm. Uh, Blackburn Blackburn beat um, Macclesfield now if you're a North West rugby guy when did this start happening that that is quite remarkable isn't it how far has one team climbed and how far have another team fallen yeah that's is the question I was astonished when I saw saw that result but more positive Um, and here's one for you Coldy went down to, Pl- Plymouth. to Plymouth and I turned saw, them over. I saw. That's yeah. that's another unbelievable result. Yep. City of Coldy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I've been following the progress of of uh, Plymouth. I'm quite excited about them. They can't be losing to Coldy. What on earth? <laughs> Nothing wrong with Coldy, of course. Great team. And Ealing beat London Scottish, hundred and five to something. Hundred and five to top five bottom. or seven. So I tell you what, looking at the tables this week. There are, I mean, it doesn't matter what level of rugby you are looking at, there are some horrendous mismatches. You look at some of the scores and it reads literally like a a third-team beatdown. Like, we didn't score as many points against Manchester as some of, I think, Otley, was it? Did you just say say Otley then? No, I didn't. I've got a feeling Otley had an absolute hiding. Was Otley the, what what was the weekend? I thought Otley was one of the teams that had to close down, was it? I'm pretty sure. Go back in and start again. Oral. Uh, Oral went back down. That's yeah, right. And yeah. Wakefield wasn't it? Was one of them. Wakefield yeah. was one. Richmond. Uh, Richmond had a good win. London Scottish. Oh yeah, R- R- I didn't realise this. Richmond a second. Mm. You kept that quiet. That's because oh, that's because I don't want to give my brother too much props. He's one of the coaches. So yeah, mm. that's that's not bad for what they do and you know how they're organised. So Richmond have it's a great that that rag ground is absolutely awesome. Awesome. It's such a good place to watch rugby. Yeah, I was, I was having a little natter with uh, with a friend of mine on on Friday. He was, you know, Richmond are second. Like, no, 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 they're not. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. <laughs> That's a phenomenal, a phenomenal effort. If Richmond go up rather than Ealing, now we've got now we've got a problem. Mm. Right, predictions for next week. Let's start with Otley. <laughs> <laughs> it's Premiership Cup. 
Oh no! So are we doing it? No, we're not. Okay. No, we're not. Let's just r- wrap so, this up. Some kids will beat some other kids. Yes, and some kids will never see again. Yes, and that'll be that. And we will do some predictions for the internationals in our next yes. podcast. God damn it! Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <sighs> On that happy, cheery note, let the boys play. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs>